Welcome to Mectrospective, the mecha podcast where we cover everything from Astro Boy to Mazinger Z. I'm Tooch. I'm Devin, and you sound more like a radio, like a sports radio broadcaster every time you you do that. Like you more and more every time. <laughs> so by the end, you're like, "This is Dick Molasses with <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is Dick Molasses. Dick Molasses coming at you with Sports Wank. <laughs> the ball was thrown. Was it caught? Find out tonight. This is our uh, this is our Halloween spooktacular, I guess. Because yeah. um, that was what we just decided. We were gonna do it. We were gonna do this regardless of what month it holiday it happens to be. But somebody asked us like, "Hey, do you have any spooky mech stuff?" And I'm like, "It's not really a Be- surprising." Better Man is the only one I can think of. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> which is which is weird because you'd think with something, especially like when you get philosophical with it and deep, like Ghost in the Shell, they're they're very deep. Uh terrifying concepts but not in the traditional horror sense yeah. but i feel like i feel like robots have the potential to be a lot scarier yeah we're going i mean like technically terminator one is a horror movie like technically i guess we can technically do those on here too i own them i own the two good horror terminator movies sure but um but um but what what what, what we're doing is a lot in of the same vein as ghosts in, i like to think of it as uh, the world of Ghosts in the Shell, like, uh, like a like ten thousand years in the future. Yeah. Like well, this is what, what we're doing. Yeah. We're doing Blame. We're doing a nineteen ninety nine Sutomo Nihei manga Blame. One of Buremu. my one of, pro, it's, it's it's the katakana is Buremu, but it's Romanized as Blame. So, literally calling it Blam or Blame is like both of them are correct. But who's gonna call it Blam? But like, I kind of like the name Blame better because it's also because it's like who's I don't know, I don't know. It's kind of like it kind of fits the theme of the well, series. Well, because it's, it, it's it's literally only because Blam is a really bad gun automatopoeia. Like yeah. it's a bad one. Like maybe if it was called like Bang. Well, I mean, like or like. <laughs> yeah, just spell that right there on them. I'm I'm sure there's kanji for that sound. <laughs> you mean katakana? No. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Oh, that was just my, my approximation of what the gravity beam emitter sounded like. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the premise of Blame is interesting. Um, and inconceivable. It's, 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 so, imagine it's the future. It's the fucking future. But it's like, it's like the, it's like further into the future than I'm pretty sure any piece of media has yeah. ever gone, except for, oddly enough, the time machine. And Dune. Which I want to talk pretty, about. Dune got pretty, pretty I thought crazy. Dune was in space. It is in space, but Dune still has, like, crazy levels of technology that, like, never... I guess, but that's not really, like... I'm talking about, like, Earth in the future. Okay, yeah, okay. It actually, funnily enough, like, this this high-concept, far sci-fi, heavy tech future thing actually reminded me of the, the really simple short story of The Time Machine. By H.G. Wells. Yeah. That was a novella. No, no. It was... It was... Uh, each chapter was serialized in a magazine. Back did when they did... That. Back, when, back when they did that. All right. They still kind of do that. I mean, that's what Stephen King did for Green Mile. Yeah, but, like, who reads those anymore? Yeah, that's a good point. Well, book people, like, people who are, like, really into books. Yeah, like, yeah, but I just wish it was some more mainstream. Eh, that's, yeah. It's a really, it's a, that's a well, really I'm nice way to... online publications are kind of becoming more... Yeah, that's the days, thing. So. But also, it's harder to monetize that. It is. It Anywho! Is. Well, they just slap ads all over the fucking place. <laughs> oh, great, yeah, everyone loves those. But, like, anyway, uh, so the concept of blam, or blame, is very interesting. Mm-hmm. It's, uh... So it's in the far future. Humans have essentially perfected the internet into a virtual space, right? Where you can literally download physical matter. Just go there. Just you can just go there. It's called the net sphere. Yeah. And uh, due to the interference of a third party, uh, people over time slowly started due to like a, I think it's a pathogen that like was you know mm-hmm. that was uh, let out by a th- by a malicious third party uh, started you know humans were starting to be born. Without net sphere, without net terminal genes, which was you know the DNA thing that said you were human and allowed yeah. you to access the net sphere. So what? So what I'm assuming because because also everything we're telling you right now is not in the 
the the the, st- the standalone blame manga run. You, you, everything everything that is ex- everything we're telling you is extrapolated from from later published spin-off material. Well, a, a single volume prequel called Noise. Yeah. And or Noise the prequel to Blam. And uh so uh at this rate humans essentially lost control of the net terminal. So uh, they, they have, so the net terminal also lost ability to interface outside of the net terminal in extended circumstances. Right. Cause what I'm assuming is basically like they, they probably needed to latch on to some specific gene yeah. in order to make this technology work. And so they fucked up with that gene. So. And so a malicious third party, you know, with, who he, yeah. who was banned from the net sphere. Was, like, was that like the cult I saw that the one cult, time? It's, yes, the cult is actually what the cult is, mm-hmm. is that was the, that was the, pre, that was the, you know, the, the predecessor to, to Silicon Life. I would, I, I, I wanted to see more of like, I, w- I would read that chapter as like a full plot yeah. line, like a true detective kind of thing. Yeah. So there, so there are these big insectoid things <clears throat> called the builders. There are these three big, there's th- three big factions. Yeah. There's the governing agency. And they live inside the net sphere. They they are just essentially most of humanity lives inside the net sphere. They they downloaded their bodies into there, and then they never got out. Because so like that's like essentially if you know everybody who was in New York City at that exact second just decided to live in New York City and make a habitat of it for the rest of the of, of time. So New York City, pretty. Much. <laughs> so the governing agency is powerless right now. Outside of the net sphere, they are powerless, and they're realizing that um, everything's just so fucked out there. The second faction is the safeguard, which are these terrifying. Robots like cyborg, ro- well, not even cyborg. They're just full robots. Yeah, that are like very, that very greatly in design. Uh, but it's the safeguard we're putting, we're put into uh into place to defend the net sphere. Anyone trying to hack into it would get you know fucked over by the safeguard, mostly to combat Silicon Life, because you know Silicon Life don't have net terminal genes. That's how they uh, how they would differentiate targets. Right. So. And what is Silicon Life? Silicon Life are uh, a contingent of cyborgs. With people who have rejected their body and downloaded their brains into fully synthetic bodies. Ah. And so, uh, Silicon Life are the third faction, and Silicon Life, sometime in the way distant past, uh, unleashed a pathogen throughout the megastructure uh, that, you know, made people not have net terminal genes, which effectively made the safeguard hostile to literally everybody. Mm-hmm. So the safeguard, you just die. You, you show, a safeguard shows up with you, you're dead. They're just, they're meant, they're there to kill you, that's what they're built for. They're mm-hmm. gonna kill you. Yep. And uh, they're just going to be downloaded to your exact location. You are fucked. Right. So no one can get into the, into the, into the uh, net sphere because of that, pretty yeah. much. So uh, so with no one able to, you know, maintain the builders, which are these big insectoid robots that just construct, build things and literally spew matter. Yeah. They literally can just conjure up matter out of nothing. Have just been literally off the chain for like 15,000 years. Well, not even not that long, like 5,000 years. And they've just kept building. So the megastructure literally is about the size of the solar system. It started out as a city on Earth and is now literally... There's a room that Kelly walks through at one point where he literally is going through a room the size of Jupiter. Terrifying. It is. Although, honestly, like, it's not. It should be. But, like, the human brain can't conceive of something that size. You can't. You can't. It's it's too... It's... It's too scary of a concept for for most people to even realize how scary that concept is. Yeah. And so the main character we follow is Killy, or Kitty. Like, I'm not sure if Killy is like... Kelly kind of like the name Killy, because it's kind of ridiculous. I'm going like, to call him Killy Kill. <laughs> McKilly Kilkin. <laughs> that was always, that's always my name for whenever I wanted to watch an episode of Killy Kill back when it was airing. I was like, oh, let's see what the next episode of McKilly Kilkin's about. <laughs> but, uh... Killy's a pretty cool protagonist. He doesn't really emote much, but, like, he's kind of he's kind of endearing in a weird way. Mission accepted. He's like... He's even more like he's he's not as insane as Hero is, but like he's dedicated to his mission. Like his one, he like 
it's confirmed in a um in the art book Blame and So On, which is an amazing art book. You should look up pages because that's that's like the the plot of Blame itself is incomprehensible. Uh, but the reason you keep reading is just the, the world is so interesting. The the ridiculous visuals, the the amazing, d- d- just terrifying. Like like a like a single human brain thought up all this all this all this. It's like an M- like to describe this world. It's a it's, like, sci- it's a post cyberpunk. It's M C Escher nightmare. It's like M C Escher and H R Giger just made just the nastiest love. It, like I I think I call this post cyberpunk. Yeah. It's post-cyberpunk. Right, because it's because it's uh, really cool like cyberpunk is, but not nearly as overwrought and pretentious. Yes. So, the main character is Killy. A gl- like like <clears throat> most things with punk at the end of the genre. <laughs> uh, Killy has, you know, undefined facial scars, short black hair, kind of always has a neutral, glum-looking expression. Always has a... His costume changes a lot throughout the series, usually whenever he's re- regenerating his body. I didn't notice because it's black on black. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of it is black on black, but it changes about five times. Because it goes from, like, a baggy, it goes from, like, at the, at the beginning it's a baggy, like, uh, jumpsuit, and then it turns to, like, a skin-tight black jumpsuit that mm-hmm. turns into, like, a more, a slightly more heavily armored version. Then eventually when he's entirely blown away and has, like, only 3% body mass and regenerates over the course of, like, 100 years, or no, 15 years, uh, it comes as the last one. It's, there's four. And it's, that's when it says play for it on the side. That's oh. the one he has toward the end of the manga. Yeah, I just assumed that, that it was just, I didn't notice because, one, it's black on black, and two, I just chalked it up to to slow style shift uh, of art style because the art style does like as as great the the first couple handful of chapters don't have the best art well the 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 the, the background the architecture is the architecture is still really amazing and well done and detailed and just just blows me away uh the 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 character design just the just the their anatomy and, and mostly mostly their face structure uh, it, it leaves a lot to be desired. It, 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 it gets very, way better though. Yeah, oh no, it, it gets it gets great. And like once again, this is only like a sixty-five chapter manga, so like it's it doesn't it's not a long read. Like I read no. this in like I read this in a day and a half. Like, yeah, just in in between bouts of me doing schoolwork. So. Yeah, like me too. And I actually had the time to write to write a five-page plot summary. Yeah, where uh to make the the plot way more comprehensible for you. Because once again, this is a manga that makes more sense every time you read it, mm-hmm. and I like I love this manga. I have a great time reading it, so I always like I always put on my heavy Aphex Twin like <laughs> crazy like crazy nineties like you know dark atmospheric electronica. I really and then now, now that I really think about it, especially when you showed me like your Tumblr background for like for the Blame image, it it I'm I'm wondering if the Wachowskis knew about Blame. I would I would watch I. Honestly, like that, um, we'll get into we'll get into animated blame things soon. Yeah. When once we finish the plot, because summary. everything having to do with the the real like the the machine empire and the matrix is very evocative of of that of, of, ne- that of like the kind of Nihayish the whole kind of Sutomo Nihayish. Yeah, kinda. yeah. Although I guess it could just be chalked up to like that's just uh, th- this genre has sh- has a lot of aesthetic tropes. Yeah, I guess you could say that. But we can technically do the matrix. We can do all three of them. If- yeah, but you know, why would you? <laughs> we just talk about the third, the third Renaissance for like for like an hour about it and how that's like better than the entire Matrix trilogy. What was the second Renaissance? Second Renaissance? I, thought it was, okay. I don't know. I don't know how many Renaissances there are. It's probably the second Renaissance. Um, and then how Kids Next Door did like a frame by frame parody of that. Yeah, that's the greatest. Uh, <laughs> but um, so at this point we're gonna uh, cut and uh, you're gonna be like. Yo, what's this blame shit? I've never heard of this. And then you're gonna hear us talk about it for about ten minutes with barely any spoilers, because pretty much we just set it up. Yeah, it's not really spoilers. I mean, the, 
the plot is literally not important. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's it's way more of a visceral series. It's one of those, like, you sit down and you experience it, and even though you don't know what's going on, you're compelled to keep going. I remember... A lot like Kelly. I remember, uh, yeah, yeah. I remember, um, reading a, uh, I remember reading a review on my anime list that, uh, they, that some, some reviewers on my anime list like to start with quotes, which I think is kind of pretentious, and <laughs> but their quote was, uh, for blame was, don't think, feel, which is a quote from Bruce Lee. Oh. Which is like that's the very epitome of his manga. It's like he's this entire manga is just Killy's journey. There, it's like it's like a it's like you're playing a video game and skipping the cutscenes. Like you skip the opening, the big fifteen minute opening cutscene, and right. then you skip so, the ending. So just pretend you're the most reprehensible of human beings uh, and do that. <laughs> and then you're then you got blame, and then that's that's how it feels. But like once again, a lot of the fun in blame is putting together the narrative yourself. Right. And I actually really enjoy the world of blame. What at least from what I understand of it. Yeah. And also like. Like, re- like, reading Blame, like, Blame is almost, it's weird, because, like, the, the, the side material is so much more narrative, and yet it doesn't even give you everything. I would read a sequel. I'd read 50 more pages of Blame if, if they just, if, if Nite was just like, yeah, I'm just gonna do Blame again, 50 more pages where the manga left off. I'd just be like, okay, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm hype, let's do it. Yeah, but, uh, but so if you haven't already read it, which I, like, I, I do recommend you, you look into stuff before you watch episodes, because that's also how we do it on Toon Goons, and it, it just, it just makes everything a lot easier, because you don't have to worry about what we talk about and how we Well, that's why we get to what we say, like, at this point on, we're gonna have spoilers. Yeah, so. So, uh, music. Well, Okay, so I have my plot synopsis here, and so the manga starts with uh, Killy walking around, and he meets a sil- he meets an old dude, and he's attacked by silicon creatures, kills them, but he has a boy with him, and the boy mentions that maybe they wanted my gene, and, ki- and so Killy kind of doesn't respond to him, and then eventually the kid's killed by the silicon creatures. Killy finds his body, and Killy looks pretty. I'm as- for as much as Killy can look, he looks he looks sad. <laughs> right. As much as Killy possibly can. Yeah. So uh, Killy delivers it to a woman with a dog, and. Uh, she and apparently Killy's from like way down, like he's yeah, from he's, way downstairs. He said like like something thousand levels down, yeah. and then everyone was like, "That doesn't exist." Yeah, and then he and then so Killy like so so she just kind of is like, "Okay, yeah." It's like apparently there's life higher than here, and he's like, "Oh, cool." Like, okay, so she's like, "Yeah," just go up. and so she's like, "I'm gonna go back down and uh, with my dog and what's left of this boy." And you can go and like look for the net turtle genes up there. So then Killy decides, "Yeah, okay, let's do that." So. There's a, there's this is where the manga the early part of the manga is a bit hard to get into because it's very episodic. It's very much just like Killy walks through an area, he finds a civilization. Everyone so, dies. Everyone dies. <laughs> Killy moves on to the next one. So because he doesn't even care because they didn't have an internal genes anyway. Yeah, it's essentially he's just like okay, whatever, I can leave. Like yeah. he met the technomads, the birthing factory, the weird guy with his dead girlfriend, that thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then so uh, he al- and so then uh, he also encounters like the strange race of tribal people called the Dry Men. Those are yeah. really cool. Yeah. And uh, people aren't sure if they're like an offshoot of Silicon Life or not. But uh, so anyway, the plot doesn't really happen until Killy cro- Killy crosses this bridge that is like he crosses this bridge long enough that his hair grows. <laughs> I didn't notice that. And so th- that's how long it takes him to cross this bridge. So Killy um, arrives at this at this race of people who are like slightly bigger than him. He's about this. He's, they're like a head and shoulders taller than him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everyone calls him Killy. Because I didn't notice it at first. Because before he starts meeting these people, he doesn't meet a whole lot of people. So I just didn't really take notice of height differences. But then everyone starts calling him kid, and then someone makes the mention like, you know, just because he's not tall doesn't mean he's he's a kid. And then Killy's just like my growth cycle's long ended or something like that. Yeah. 
And so... So apparently this place is a big dystopian city filled with, like, slightly larger than people. And yeah. they're all rolled by, like, a megacorp. Yeah. So, uh, Killy, you know, is kind of, like, cool with them until he finds out that they're harvesting organs of, uh, the dry men. And right. that's why they're at war. And so Killy's like, oh, like, fuck you guys. So then he just, so, uh, he gets into a fight with the megacorp cyborgs and then, you know, falls into the sewers and meets Sibo. Uh, the mummified corpse of Sibo. Yeah, and Sibo's just like, hey kid, I, mm, can you get me out of this horrible, <laughs> horrible place? <laughs> and so Killy just kind of, like, straps around like a backpack and she's like, hey, you wanna go fuck at the megacorp? And he's like, Okay, right. and because like she mentions that uh, she created... I got a, I got a bone to pick with my old boss. <laughs> she mentions that uh, she almost that she was she successfully gained access to the net sphere at one point. Mm-hmm. So uh, more combat happens, and then eventually Sibo shows up in a new body. So and she's taller than Killy and has long white hair, and she's cool. I like Sibo. Yeah, Sibo cool. Sibo's really cool. Sibo is like the Sibo is as a reader, she is your anchor. <laughs> yeah, she is. She's the di- She's the one who's talking. Killy she's is... the only one making any sense. Killy's essentially. Killy's a near-silent protagonist. Yeah, because he just doesn't have anything to say, because he's just searching for net, net terminal genes, and I'm I'm not even sure he knows why. Yeah, pretty much. Like, it's, it's I've read that... It's, he, it's his prime directive. Pretty much. Killy is so, like, um, I'll get when we get to Domachewski, yeah. but, uh, so, um, so, uh, apparently that net, the Megacorp might still have net terminal genes, so they make a deal, and that Sibo's gonna hack into the system... And see if they still have them, right. or if they still have information on net terminal genes, in exchange for Killy, you know, getting her free. Right. Uh, so Sibo pretty much says like, yeah, they don't, they don't have it. Like they, they, fu- they fucked it up, and so let's just blow this shit. So they do. Yeah. So with his with his big fuck off gun that we've well, yet it's to a mention. T- it's a tiny little pistol right. called the grav called the GBE, the gravity beam emitter. Yeah. How badass this thing is is that it. Not only does it have unlimited ammo and it's a small little pistol, but it doesn't fire ammunition or lasers. It fires. Small, constant, well, not even small, it can, it's adjusted in size by how long he charges it. But it fires concentrated bolts of gravity. So that means it can literally shoot through anything, because it's just using condensed gravity. It's firing just pressure. Yep. And it's, it's, it'll just, it'll blow a perfect hole through anything. Yes, and it's awesome. So, the things that, um, that, you know, separate the sections of the city are called megastructure. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole thing as a whole is called the megastructure, people usually just refer to it as the city. So the city, megastructure are these giant plates of metal that are just indestructible, and if you go anywhere near them, safeguard to show up and kill the shit out of you. Right. So Killian and Sibo are just blow a fucking hole through it and get the fuck out of there. And Sibo's just like, like, I can see the rest of the city now. Like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. And so she goes with Killy. So she says that uh, at one point, they gained access to the Netsphere, where she they created a synthetic human that had net terminal genes. That was the scene where she had the kind of, like, short black hair. Yeah. There was a flashback. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, I, I understood that much. But it was weird, because, like, they showed... Because the, didn't they what, what they they tried to genetically birth someone with an terminal gene? That's what they did, and they yeah. successfully did. So they hooked it up. They essentially hooked her into like a big thing, and they were like, "Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna gain access through her through this synthetic human," and they do. But as soon as that happens, safeguard show up and kill literally everybody. Yeah. And then Sibo is in exile for causing the deaths of all those people due to the safeguard. The safeguard, um, you right. know. What got me most about the net sphere was it was just like a it was like a field. Yeah, it's like a beautiful field. Which was like, with I mean, pure these... with clean blue skies, and like that's what fun because like what what got me was is like I had this fleeting thought of like, are they in the internet now? And it's a flip, it's like a plot twist, but no, I don't know. No, it it's no. just it's it's because the net sphere is like paradise, it's paradisal. Yeah, and 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 what what fucks me up the most is like they don't know what that is. Yeah. They don't know what that is. They don't know... They just have word of mouth from people who are, like, years and years old saying how beautiful the Netsphere is. Uh, yeah, but but even then, like, at this at this point, and how many thousands of years that it's been, nobody probably even, like, 
no, nobody knows. Like, it just gets me thinking. Like, what do they think? Like, one of those. One where of those... where do they think this all came from? And what do they think? Do, do do they even bother to conceive that there was any kind of existence before this just big metal labyrinth that they all live in? Like, that's all they know. They don't know there's a sky. They don't know there's a planet. They don't know what. Anything. Yeah, like Kill, one of Killy's first lines is, what is a, what is Sky? Like, yeah. Like, he's reading a book, and he's like, what is Sky? Yeah, like, shit. Like, the like. Which he refers to as a printed backup. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a printed backup. I forgot about that. That's what we'll call books from now on. A printed backup. A printed backup. Like, so the plot moves where Sibo uh, and Killy kind of just, you know, kind of just bop around for a little bit, and then they, uh, they're greeted by a governor. Uh, which is an agent of the governing body. They find a dead governor, and then um, uh, another governor, governor kind of downloads his body into this one and says, like, kill, like, he's like, I have a, mes- I have a message for Agent Killy, like, for one agent named Killy, and then Killy's kind of like, yo. And he's like, that me. He's like, you gotta get that net terminal gene, man. Like, shit is really fucked. Like, this thing is expanding at a rate that literally is, we can't even conceive. We can't even measure how big this thing is. We can't map it out. We can't do anything. We don't even know how many people are here. The safeguard is killing everybody. You gotta get them. And he's just like, yeah. And Sebo's kind of just like, that's a fucking governor, dude. Like, what? <laughs> and so, um, safeguard interrupt the conversation because once again, at, he's leaving the Nets. He's downloading out of the Nets sphere, so he dies fucking fighting safeguard. Whoops. And so they fight their way out until they re- until they meet a small young girl named Sonicon. They they save Sonicon from Safeguard, and they uh they meet a contingent of humans called the Techno Fishers. They have cool armor and these guns that fire needles, and they're yeah. and they're they've been and they they have like a cool tribal society and all their armor's all decked out and cool looking. I really love the idea of like tribal power armor. Yeah, like that's an aesthetic I really like. There's a there's a video game coming out called the Zero Horizon something. It's got a really generic title. But what it is, it's a it's a post post apocalypse where man has reverted back to hunter gatherers, uh, but in a world where where they still retained part part of the technology, where where the machines have become a oh. sentient animal like life form. So it's this big robotic dinosaur that you hunt with a bow and arrow and scrap parts from it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it sounds it sounds really. I think cool. it's about the guys who made Killzone. They're making something way more interesting than Killzone. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the techno fishers um live around this gigantic cylindric uh, thing called Toa Heavy Industries, mm-hmm. and uh. See what's pretty much reads the reads the katakana and they're just like, holy fuck, she's a scholar. Yeah, some some guy's just like, I knew it, it's words. Yeah, and so they're like, we like we don't know how to open it. So she just reads the instructions how to open like the the, the emergency just, manual. Which like, did no one even get? Like, did they not try? I feel like they could have finagled with it enough to. It's literally just turn it and push. Well, you have to punch the glass, turn it and push. Maybe no it, one tried that. I, in, in like a hundred years, no one tried. <laughs> <laughs> More than that. So apparently they're 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 the offshoot of people who are living inside of it who are called the planters. Right. And those people have been there since before than have been inside Toa Heavy Industries since pretty much the calamity, since everything went to shit. Mm-hmm. And they might be uncontaminated. So um, they get in a fight with some safeguard on the way there, and Killy gets hit with these some needles, and these needles turn people other people into safeguard, and Killy gets hit with them. So Killy's pretty much out of commission for the for uh, for the early chunk of the story arc, where so essentially like Sebo just pretty much dragging him the entire <laughs> time. He's, he's just unconscious. So they throw Killy onto someone's bed just to kind of, like, boot, boot back up, and then immediately Killy wakes up and says the most interesting line in the entire series. I know what the displays mean. So what happened was the needles of the safeguard reactivated his old systems. Oh. So he now understands what all of his heads-up displays mean. Oh. So Killy then starts scanning people, like, nope, 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 no net terminal genes. Like, he's just scanning people. And then he sees Sonicon and says, safeguard, level 8. Oh. 
And he's just like, get the fuck away. So Sonicon turns into a safeguard monstrosity and they fight and duke it out. So everyone runs into a Toei Heavy Industries. This is the first big story arc out of Yeah, out of two, no, out of like that's like that like like that's when you feel like the safest in yeah. terms of like, okay, I can follow what's going on now. And so during the fight, Sibo is killed. Right. Like Sibo Sibo dies, and then uh but and so does apparently Sonicon, but Sibo manages to like um Inside of Toa Heavy Industries, it's inside of a uh, net sphere protection. So Killy can't fire his GBE, which is apparently a safeguard weapon. Mm-hmm. So he can't fire the gravity beam emitter. Safeguard can't enter. So Sonicon loses power, like pretty much shuts the fuck down. And Sibo takes over her body. So Sibo's now like tiny. She's like yeah. a tiny and uh, ha- and but has like you know her long white hair still. So she, but she has cool safeguard powers. Like she can just grow wings out of nothing now. <laughs> yeah, and mm-hmm. like that's that like that and that's when I started to realize that like. Oh wait, this size thing is important because it's like the techno fishers are actually smaller than Kelly. There's no just because like like everybody is so cut off from each other. There's no frame of reference for yeah, size. There is none. There's no frame of reference for size. Kelly's your like, frame of reference. That's literally it. Because it's like because first Kelly Kelly's apparently five foot eleven according to Wikipedia. So then you've got like the, the, these like these like eight foot tall giant eight foot tall motherfuckers at first, and then it's like okay, well, Killy's no, so are, then yeah. Killy's small, and then Killy goes to a place, and everybody's a lot smaller than him. Yeah, so you're he's like, like a head taller than everybody, so they're like in the, in so the, it's yeah. just like because different I, evolutionary chains of people who adapted to living in different parts of the city, and it's just like fuck, and, and then and then you get those little those little pixie people. Yeah, those are, I think those are just those are uh, those are like synthetic. Yeah, but even still, yeah. it's like they're 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 they're, but it, it just really fucked me up because like just. Like, like I work at a country club and there's a lot of nature around us, and I just like I saw a bug one day, and I see bugs all the time. But I was just sort of looking at it, and I got super up close to it, and just saw how it detailed worked. and small, and like this is, like life can exist at this size. And I just, and I just like my brain switched, and I was like, I am the size of like a city to this bug. Yeah. And just, just imagine like, like that classic T-Rex eyeball thing in the window. Like that's me to this bug. Yeah. And it fucked me up for like three seconds <laughs> because of blame. <laughs> because of blame. So, uh, essentially everyone runs inside of, uh, Toa Heavy Industries and they realize that shit's not so good in heavy, Toa Heavy Industries. Everybody's kind of- Shit's heavy. Shit's heavy. Uh, so they have a, um, what was the, what was, what was her name? Mensab. Mensab. Mensab right, is right. the AI there, and she's apparently in love with a planter named Seu, who has a cool fucking sword. Mensab sounds like some kind of like cream you get at the drugstore mm-hmm. for your for your private for ailment. So apparently, uh, there everyone's kind of just exploring Toa Heavy Industries, but there's parts of it that are like the thing is way bigger than it is on the outside. Yeah, and like so there's like some some like you know spatial compression technology here. There's some. It's a TARDIS. Anyway, <laughs> it looks big on the inside in a smarmy British accent. Yeah, but uh. What ha- and so everybody is um kind of just gets separated, and then uh so Sibo and Kelly kind of sort of like you know walking around. And they uh they immediately are greeted by Ivy and Maeve, who are two members of Silicon Life, who are now entirely sieging Toa Heavy Industries. Great, uh because you know they because you know this place is directly t- connected to the Netsphere. They yeah. want to try to access and take over the Netsphere. So and so big fight happens here between you know the, a lot of the planters are killed, and uh Seiyu gets completely fucked up in a fight against Maeve. I mean, against Ivy. Ivy was the dude, Maeve was the lady. Right. And so, um, Seiyu gets, like, regenerated, but he loses his memories. He loses more of his memories every time he does. Like, they even make a line, like, Seiyu gets dumber every time you put him in there. Yep. And so, a lot of shit goes down into a heavy industry. So, at one point, um, as a defense mechanism, she activates this weird reality drive thing that teleports Killy to a parallel dimension, where... I thought it was the past or the future. No, it was a parallel dimension. Oh, my 
fucking god. So what it was, was Killy gets shot to a parallel dimension. So does Sibo. And so Killy meets an alternate version of Sibo. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, like, so they kind of like, oh, I never met you before, but I'm, I'm Sibo as well, and I have a cool jetpack thing. So they hang out for a little while and fight off some Silicon Life until they, uh, until, you know, regular safeguard Sibo shows up and they're like, because they got, they teleported, they slipped back into the main, into, into the, as they call base reality. Yeah. They slipped back into base reality. And, uh, there was just two, two Sibos, but, uh, Alt Sibo doesn't last long, but now Sonicon starts taking over the body again. So Sibo, so Sibo just kind of says like, okay, I'm done with Sonicon's body. I'm jumping back. I'm jumping into Alt Sibo's dead body now. Yeah, that fucks me up. So she downloads herself into this other alternate reality version of herself. Sibo switches bodies like five times. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so eventually they they manage to slip back in time before Ivy and Maeve show up, and they manage to stop the, the reality alteration. And apparently Kelly was gone for 15 years in that interim. Like... He w- he just slipped into reality for like fifteen minutes. It was just, it's like yeah, you've been gone for like fifteen goddamn years, Kelly. Like what's wrong? Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, the the passage of time means nothing. That's that's yeah, that's the other thing. It's size and then just just time. Time is meaningless. Everything yeah. is just forever and it happens and it's just because you have these immortal beings. Yeah. Time means nothing to them. So so it doesn't matter how long something takes. It's it's just it's, everyone's a cyborg. Everyone everyone's everyone's a robot. <laughs> Everyone, everyone is probably more synthetic than they are bio- like, biotic. Like the the more you just the more the more all of these things you just think about them and they weigh on you, the more you realize why we're doing this for Halloween. <laughs> this is the worst possible future. Th- this is the darkest future. This yeah. is the darkest future for the for and humanity. Honestly, it's a really cool setting. <laughs> and it's but it's the most it's it's the most conceivable because it's like thou- it's like tens of thousands of years. Yeah. So so anything can happen. Tens of thousands of years of stagnation. Anything can happen. Tens of thousands of years of stagnation. Yep. Of controlled stagnation. And so uh the story arc ends essentially with uh you know, men's just being like, Yeah, like I'm just we're gonna j-, like essentially she rejects the the, the net sphere, so Sonicon's activated again, everything's going bad, safeguard are pouring in, fighting off the silicon life, and she's just like and men's just like, I can't deal with this anymore, I'm just gonna teleport us anywhere. And so she's like, I've got all the I've shot all the techno fishers out in like escape pods. Um and I'm just gonna and we're just gonna teleport away. We won't even teleport into solid matter, it doesn't matter. And as long as I'm with Seiyu. But as a as a consolation prize, essentially, she's like here, Sonic, here, Sibo, take this. This is this is a sample of, you know, Seiyu's DNA, who right. might have net terminal genes, because he's a planter. He's he's super old, mm-hmm. and he's just using cryo. He's pulled out of cryo constantly. So, well, pulled in and out of cryo all the time. So, right. he, so they, they teleport away, and Killy is kind of like, fuck, like, I got, guess we're at square one again, back to the drawing yeah. board. Oh, yeah, because, like, um, they use that machine that could just make anything. Yeah. Like, literally anything. Yeah. Which is a fucked up concept because it's just a machine, but it's like no, it's just, it just makes you yeah like, like <laughs> fuck. Everyone has one in their house in Transmetropolitan. It's called a maker. The main character is always high on is always high on like illegal virus drugs, mm. so it, it always gives him like a bastardized version of what he wants. Wow. Which is why he has the crazy sunglasses because oh. he's like, give me a pair of sunglasses, and that's what he gives him. <laughs> so he kind of like he kind of like okay, I can jam with this, whatever. Right, great. So the plot moves into the second main story arc where uh, they meet a like a, a, a not so hostile safeguard who's just his job is just to, I'm an elevator. Oh yeah. So they're like it's like it's gonna take eighteen months. He says it's gonna take like eighteen months to get up to the next floor. He's like, do you want? And so Kelly's like, okay, and just kind of turns himself off. Like <laughs> he's like, okay, I'll, I'll go into I'll go into hibernate. So bam, 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 bam. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly goes into hibernate. And then it cuts, it's, then it cuts, like, super, like, 300 years, like, in hours, they tell you how long it is. But it's 300 years, like, 290-something years in the past. So there's another, sa- an, uh, a safeguard agent under the name of Domachevsky with his partner, Iko. Mm-hmm. 
and they look a lot like Killy. They have the same kind of armor set up, they got the same weaponry. Not not as powerful as Killy's gravity beam emitter, but they still have, like they have like a cool pistol, but like yeah. apparently they are stuck there without support from the net sphere, and they have been under constant siege by like super hardcore silicon life for like three hundred years. <laughs> because this due to this, this it's like an in between floor. Yeah. Uh and due to its weird status, it is super easy to connect to the net sphere from there, just to hack into it and without with minimal safeguard response. Right. And so apparently they're there trying to guard these, like, matter conversion towers. They can just convert matter and, like, oxygen into, like, any matter. So, but the... And that's what's keeping them alive, allowing them to regenerate. They're using that technology. They're, they're hacking into that technology to allow them to regrow, regrow arms and shit. But apparently the, there's only one of four towers left, and they're just under constant siege. Right. So, Killy shows up on the floor, and then immediately they meet Domachevsky. And Domachevsky's like, I'm not playing this game. And just kind of, like, breaks the shit out of Killy, throws him over a cliff, and, t- and takes Sibo with him. Yeah. So, uh... Domachevsky immediately kind of makes an un- unruly alliance with uh with with Sibo, as Killy like pretty much is climbing his way back up there. Yeah, <laughs> Killy literally is climbing his way back up there, fucking Gurren Lagann style. God, like Gurren Lagann movie style, and um, so he cl- he's climbing up to the top, and um, pretty cool fight scenes there. This is when Killy gets his second armor is around there. Mm-hmm. Is uh by that time he has his, his uh, no his third set of armor, and uh, so he's climbing up there. And uh, apparently, the the leader of the Silicon Life here is a guy is a woman. Is actually the big tall one's actually a woman. It's Davinel. Right. Uh, and her entire thing is she's trying to gain access to the Net Sphere, pretty much out of desperation. And so she has a uh, three other other Silicon Life. I can't remember the two important ones were Shif and P Cell. Mm-hmm. And P Cell is like terrifying. P Cell is like P Cell's fucking up Domachevsky's Shif for three hundred years. Yeah. No. Like, and 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 they're all terrifying. And I think and I think it's at that point where I just look at them and like. Why the fuck does he even bother having faces? Like, I get the, like, I get the... Shit me- doesn't have a face. <laughs> like, some of them, but, like, it'll just be, like, this horrible, like, insectoid, like, clacking monstrosity of black metal, and then they just have, like, a, like a... Like a porcelain white face. Like a porcelain white face, like, stapled to it, and it's like, why? Like, I get the meta reason, because that's terrifying, and, <laughs> and aesthetically horrifying, because it, it, and it represents that, like, oh, there's conscious life in there somewhere. But, like, like, why would you bother giving yourself a face? I was trying to fall picture. Yeah, that's P-Cell. Like, she was always... That was that was the one she was. I thought she was cool. Oh, shit, there's, like, cosplays. Yeah. Dude, I want to cosplay Kelly like, really bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, anyway. Uh, so what happens is, uh, Killy manages to kill Schiff, mm-hmm. and, uh, P-Cell is still fucking up everything's shit, but P-Cell manages to, like, steal the fucking things, and apparently it had net terminal genes. So, uh, Davinel uses that to connect to the net sphere in Seiyu's body. Right. And so... Uh, the, and so the governor's just like, don't do that. And they're like, I'm gonna do it. Don't do it! And she, she, she like, starts, starts kind of walking forward. And then, uh, immediately there's this big battle going on around this. And you're like, oh shit, she's connected to the Netsphere. Like, what's gonna happen? The world's gonna fucking end. And then the governor's kind of taunting, like, you know, the connection speed from that level is extremely slow. So, like, literally, like, like, four days had gone by by the time she just walked halfway across there. And then, by that time, you know, Domachevsky fucking just could fire point blank and kill her. Right. So that's, that's what happened. But at that moment, right before Davinel died, she managed to download something very da- dangerous, a level 9 safeguard. Oh. And she downloaded it, and so the only person also connected to the net sphere with, with the help of Eco was, you know, Sibo. Right. And so due to unfortunate, cir- heavily unfortunate circumstances, this, the, ex- the most powerful kind of safeguard possible, that can literally alter reality, that's how powerful it is, is downloaded straight into Sibo. Oh, fuck. So that's why Hasebo kind of, like, re- regressed into, like, that childlike fa- state was that she merged with the, with the level, the level 9 safeguard was downloaded into her. That's what that was. Yeah. 
So what they do is they bring back Sonicon, who's now a lot, who, I guess they, they, they just got a different copy of Sonicon, who is about Killy's age now, and essentially he's like a lady Killy. And she's yeah. fucking badass at trench coat, too. Yeah. So she, um, her mission is to retrieve the level 9 safeguard. And uh, so for a while, I think Killy tries to go up to Sibo, and, and Sibo literally just blows a, blows a hole, like, through his torso that takes away, like, like I think they say, like, 65% of his body mass. Yeah. So Killy just falls off a giant platform, and he's gone for, like, a few chapters. So we follow Sonicon. Yeah. Who is defending her from Silicon Life and Safeguard alike, and then eventually says, and eventually like downloads something into her, and like, and uh, eventually kind of says like, you have something very important inside of you, like something extremely important. So, and it was like that orb. It's an orb, and we don't know what it is until the way end. Yeah, and so we're getting toward the end of the manga here. We have like about ten chapters I, like, left. I kind of guessed it just because where the orb is on her body. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know how. But I don't know how a lot of things, so I'll just go with this. Yeah, pretty much. It's, <laughs> it, so, essentially, Sonicon non-sexually, homo, non-sexually, slash homosexually, in, impregnates uh, with a with, with a pure human. With a pure human. Yes. And so, um, Killy, at this point, we see him, we see literally, like, pretty much as a brief recap without uh, of everything catching up to the point where it's like, system restored, he, like, he comes back with cool Playford armor, he just yeah. tears off, like, the fucking thing on his face, and it's just, but it's just, like, 15 years, it took him 15 years to regenerate from that. <laughs> well, you know, you can't rush art. I mean, I kind of like that, like, Killy is kind of an immortal protagonist, but, like, it's kind of like, if you kill Killy, it takes him a while to get the fuck back up. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's, like, he's got, like, a less a less durable Deadpool. Like, right. shoot Killy in the head, push him off, like, shoot, shoot Killy's head off, push him up, down a cliff, he'll be back in 15 years. <laughs> but, uh, so at this point, we're in the last story arc, which is the the, the safeguard one. So sto- so since Sibo is not present, uh, there's a not, it goes back to how it was toward the beginning when there's not as much dialogue. But so yeah. Killy rectifies this by finding, uh, finding someone named Mori, who is mm-hmm. a little, per- who's a woman and who's like AI, ba- who's like back, her yeah, she's in a, to, she's in a thumb drive. In a fucking thumb drive. So Killy just kind of has it and like plugged into him. He's just talking to, to Mori the entire time. Kind of a time. dick. <laughs> I didn't enjoy that character. I mean, I liked them that they were there, but I was just like, this is horrendously dissonant from what I've just been reading and I'm enjoying this, but wow. So essentially, um, Sonicon goes to find Sibo again and, uh, at this point, Sonicon had already completed her mission and located her, but Sonicon wants more. Sonicon needs to, like, birth this child, and so she loses her, her safeguard agent status and essentially just becomes a regular safeguard again, and pretty much dies. And But it takes pretty much every single Silicon life with them, which I'm assuming was, like, their headquarters. Right. There's so much Silicon life there. So she pretty much commits genocide on the Silicon life, <laughs> and uh, then dies herself before telling Killy, like, get the thing. So Killy finally manages to. So a governor I'm, shows. I mean, that's that's been what I've been doing up to this point. So I guess I'll just keep doing that. So you have to blow up to tell me. So what happens is Sonicon um dies, and then a governor is showing up to try to contain the safeguards just so that they can use it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I guess that's what was more important than in the short term. But Killy manages to like make this even more a clusterfuck of craziness and grabs the orb, and um, and then an unspecified amount of time passes between that. So we see what happens is the comedy is there's a really... The second to last chapter is extremely strange. Yeah. But what that is, is that's inside the NetSphere. That is a part... That is a... a that is a backup storage cloud of the NetSphere for, for like, diso- for, like, you know, you know, dislocated AIs. Yeah. And so a hybrid... The main character of that, from what I've put together, is a, is a hybrid of Sibo and Sonicon. That is an amalgamation of both of them. Right. And tells this giant the story of Killy, essentially, and how he's, a, he's about to save the NetSphere. Right. He's about to save everybody. So the last chapter is just called The Edge of the City. And so Killy literally crawls out of a hole, <laughs> holding this orb, <laughs> probably still has Mori with him. Right. And uh, he is immediately shot in the head and dies. 
by a bald version of himself, like a copy, like a safeguard bald copy of Kelly. Kelly manages to, like, destroy it, but is washed away by a torrent of water. Uh, he is then washed literally outside of the city, where it's just this big floating amalgamation of water as he sees this orb birth. And then it's a, it, it bursts into a, into a perfect, pure human with net terminal genes. So the last page shows Killy, once again on his journey, firing off the camera with the, with the GBE, with a child, with white hair, with Maury with him, with, her, with the child. And the child's wearing a gas mask to, you know, keep itself pure. I don't remember that part. That's the last, that's the last page. The last part I saw was Killy in the water with the orb, and then it, oh. the Toto stopped. Oh, really? Don't fucking tell me I missed the ending to this thing live on the record. Let me, um... And then it gets into beautiful color pages. Uh-huh. And then, you know, the thing the thing starts to birth. Yeah. And then it cuts to this, the last page. I... Oh. Huh. Yeah. So it's... it's So the, that's the last page, and so... Oh, maybe I didn't... Maybe I didn't... Maybe I didn't conceive of that as an actual page, because it, it just looked like... Like, maybe I thought that was just, like, the splash page at the very end of the thing. But no, that was, that's the last page, because what it is is that's... Because I didn't even notice that gas mask child. I, I honestly think that would be a good setup for the sequel. It's Killy's journey back down with this child. But I read a theory somewhere that the entire thing is, is like, repeats. Right. Where Killy's done this many times. He's gotten net terminal genes, but they've always been destroyed on the way back. Like the child in the first chapter. Oh. So, I, so but I, would, I, will, I just want to know, like, I want more Killy. I want, but so what, we, what happens is, um, Nihei wrote the first chapter of a, of a sequel, but never mm-hmm. anymore, called Net, Net, uh, Net Sphere Engineer. That doesn't really make a lot of sense, because it's only the first chapter. Right. He did make a prequel called Noise. Right. And my theory for noise is that was that was Sonicon. Susuma Susan uh Susano was her name. Right. What is was the human template for Sonicon. Yeah. And so I think that's kinda cool. Yeah. And she has a gravity beam like sword. Sword, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And so that's the plot of Blame, essentially. It's um it's Killy's journey. We don't see the aftermath and we don't see the we don't see what got him on the journey. We just see the journey. It's very much it's very Dark Souls in that regard. Like right. dude, from software would kill the shit out of like a like, like maybe like cause they said they said they want to keep making Souls-like games in that mm-hmm. genre, but Dark Souls 3 would be the last dark fantasy one. Yeah. So I would love, like, a cyberpunk kind of, like, Souls-ish game. That'd be fucking that cool. Would, yeah, that, that would... That would be blame! I would yeah. play that! Because <laughs> they made Bloodborne... Who just... could blame you? Exactly. So, um, the manga's very good. Like, just to... Just to, um, I adore... I adore this manga. It's one of my favorites. It's probably in my top ten. Right. Uh, I love, I love the art style. I love the... I love the late art style. Yeah. Like, uh, early on, the first five or so chapters are kind of hard to get through. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I, I didn't mind it. Well, because, like, especially, like, like knowing anything no, knowing anything about, like, manga especially, I, I feel like the industry is a lot more lenient of just, like, they'll get better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you look at the first first chapter of Naruto and the, second, and the last chapter of Naruto, like, that's... Oh, yeah. Same with oh, dude, like, the first, like, the... Like, JoJo? Like, compare part one, the first page of part one. Compare the first page of part one. Well, I feel one. like also, that's harder to do because he also just, he also just... Changed his art style. A uh, quarter of the way through part seven, Ar- Araki has changed his art style. Yeah, and then um, Hunter Hunter improved a lot. Uh, and one piece, one piece, one piece improved a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just like it's it's just something that you do with 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 art. And uh, if you're interested in Tsutomu Nihei, um, if you're not a manga person, mm-hmm. I suggest uh, watching Knights of Sidonia. It's on, on Netflix. Netflix. The they, they, they got the they got exclusive. It's apparently a pr- it's about an eighty percent accurate. They apparently they leave out some shit and rearrange order of shit. That's normal. Um, but Standard the manga has just fair. ended. If you uh, the manga has is over by the time this is out. It's already over by the time we're recording it, but it's already going. It's still going to be over. Uh, it's a full-on mecha series, 
mm-hmm. uh, that's done by by Nihei. That we're probably gonna, that's probably the next Nihei thing we're gonna do. Yeah. Um, he also has done a series called Abara, which is a I think might be a prequel to Sidonia. It also involves the Ghana. Ah. Um, he like, made another it, it, series. It could just it could just be a part of his big Nihaverse. Maybe there's another one called Biomega. And one one of the fuck up thing. What? Toa Heavy Industries is the company that makes the the mechs from uh from the Sidonia. Oh. And Toa Heavy Industries no. is also the thing that supplies the main character in Biomega. Oh no! It's we're all riding Nihei's Ruse Cruise. <laughs> um. So uh, there's another. If you're going Bato Hotel, there's you know there's if you search, search Blame, two things come on, which is a uh, Blame and then Blame Galken and so on. Galken means academy or school. <laughs> so there's a four chapter self parody, full color self parody done by uh, Nihei called Blame Academy. <laughs> right. Which is just like a school life comedy featuring Blame characters. <laughs> it's super dumb. It's es- really dumb. Especially when they, like, pull that switch pull to make... Pull the Moe switch? Yeah, the, they, they pull the Moe switch, and it's just like, <laughs> oh, Moe no. The Moe probability drive? Because at first, like it, it, like, it wasn't as... Like, it was more funny in a deadpan way before yeah. that happened, where it was just like, like, wow, this year... Like, it's just, like, the blame verse with nothing changed, but they're all going in to school, school now. And it's like... But then they pulled the Moe switch, and it's like, okay, this is more what I was expecting. This is really dumb, but, like, it's it's funny. It's really, they're, they're really a really charming read. I like them. And the, there's some other non-can, there's some other non-blame stuff in that book, which is kind of just like one unpublished, um, unpublished, uh, uh stuff. well, yeah, pretty much, well, or just like stuff that never has been like republished. Like it was yeah. published in magazines and never really got collected. Dude, the, the thing, like you want to talk about, like you want to talk about terrifying bad endings for the world, fucking Pump. I don't remember Pump. It was the one. It was. It was basically like March of the Penguins, but like a million years in the future when humanity has just become like a like a like a mushy bug oh, of a one. race. Yes. It, it was like the like the the humanity's extinction. Oh no. Like there's only like like it, the the narration opens with like this is the human race. They only have like several more minutes to live. They're animals. It's just like these these naked animals writhing around in 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 the filth of the end of the world, and it's like 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 the the women walk around, and I forget how big it said they were, but it's like they. They squirt out. They squirt out excrement that also has their offspring in it, and they don't even notice. So they just keep walking because they're like microscopic, and then they grow into like weird, gross, tiny little men that like they like they eat each other and they run around trying to find Sounds a female. <laughs> and then like they they go up and like crawl up her leg again without even knowing, without even her knowing, and then just like go up into the horrifyingly infected-looking area that is their that area, and like. They do that whole like um, I think it's anglerfish that do it, or some species where they'll the the male will fuse together with with it in order to reproduce, but then it just dies because the rest of its body just falls off, and it's just like quasi sentient gonads mm. that are reproducing with the woman, and then that's their life cycle. And then that was the Nih- end. That was the end of Pump. Sounds very Nihei, kind of just being being Nihei. It was it was it was terrifying, but honestly, um, I'm sure the art was good. <laughs> Uh, it was it was it was gross. It was really I, I, it was very sketchy and really rough, but it was good. But um, it just like um the the the, the amount of dread that like it was uh, it was probably sixteen pages long. That and like then that. also just blame in general, like that whole aesthetic about the about the end of. And you see why I jam super hard with it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I like um. There's actually a pen and paper RPG that's called Blam. Like mm-hmm. it's just Blame without the E. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's literally it, it uses it's just it's like they made a pen and paper RPG based on the world of Blame. Dude, it's super cool. That's that's super cool. But, I've never um, pl- I've never tried it. I've I've only ha- I've only found the books on one D four chan. Yeah, but I wanted to talk more about uh how it reminded me of the time machine. Okay, because do that. Uh, I've been talking like a fucking asshole. <laughs> oh no, because you've been explaining to me like I've 
I think I, the plot makes more sense. I've it. read this, and I re- and like every scene you talked about, I was like, I remember that. But then you explained it, and I was like, oh, as so if I had never read it before. So I hope the plot makes more makes more sense now. It does. Um, but so the the time machine is a very very short read. I, I don't even know. It's only like a it's like a hundred something pages long, like hundred ten maybe something. I, I read from chapter to chapter during like a free period in high school one time because that's all. I mean, it was made a bajillion. It, it, I think it's if it's more than a century old, if it's if it's before or early twentieth century, it's online for free. Yeah, I'll always see like I'll always see like books and stuff at the books at like the bookstores for like like oh like I su- I'm super into this author, but I never buy it because I'm like. All their shit's free online. I'm not fucking buying this book. Uh, well, it's more of just like I unless like, it's like a really old book, because then that's cool. Well, like, I like I like I just like owning paper books, just because like, I like looking at being like I I'm very I'm very much a library reflects like a library or a collection reflects the person. Oh, absolutely. That's the first so thing I just do. like so it's very much like it's the, like oh the, I'm I'm a big fan. if it's yeah. if it's like if it's a book I don't quite care about, it, but it's like I'm real I really like old gothic horror. So of yeah. course it's like oh Devin has a copy of Dracula. Of course he does. He's a fan of gothic horror. Yeah. There it is. But um, yeah, it the, reflects who he is as a person. The first thing I do is look at someone's bookshelf because I feel like that that'll 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 say more about because everybody always says like, oh, you want to know about a person? Look at their blank, and it's like half of the time that's not true. But uh, for books, it is because in, especially in this day and age, because you got to commit like when you own a book in this day and age, that means well, that's also, something that you also go into like a DVD library into like a collection of of items into a but like. Not so much in this day and age because DVDs, like you can get them for two bucks at Walmart, uh, and yeah. you can get them as gifts. And but well, then again, you, you never has... have the wherewithal to get rid of them. But then, then again, but then again, if you look at someone's DVD collection and it's just full of shit that's uh, full of every everything, then you know this person doesn't really love anything. I guess. But if it's full of, if you look at me, which is just full of weird horror movies, John Carpenter movies, right. and like bad action movies from the nineties. That, that, that's know why I, I got rid of most of my DVDs. But anyway, um, the time machine. Yes. So. uh... I might not be getting the exact details right, but 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 like one of the, there was a very standalone chapter that was, I think it was it was either originally published in the magazine, but then taken out of collected editions later on, but then put back in later on, uh something, it's this one chapter, either because like there might be some urban legend tied to it, like it was too real and people didn't like it, or it probably just because it was very episodic and it didn't it kind of killed the flow of the story. Who cares? But. Mm-hmm. He kind of accidentally or on purpose just to just to see what would happen. He goes like like a million years in the future or something like some really far off future that like yeah. I'm surprised somebody in pre twentieth century conceived conceived of the number that issue also was before his time. And he goes there, and it's this desolate wasteland. And I think there's like an extra sun and like something happened. Like the the Earth shifted in such a way that like it fucked up everything and everything looks weird now. And he's like on this beach. And he finds some weird, like, mammalian creature that he hypothesized, the main character hypothesized, could be descendants of whatever those yeah. little guys are, I forget yeah. their names, from the rest of the story. Yeah. That he, like, made friends with. Um, it's actually, oh, it's a kind of a cute story, really. But anyway, uh, but, and then he, and then, like, in the distance, he just sees this weird, like, insectoid, crustacean, crab-like, centipede-like thing, like, scuttle, like, this giant thing scuttle along the horizon, and he just sort of stands there and just like, I'm going to leave. And he leaves. <laughs> and, that's the, and that was the whole chapter because he was too, like, the main character, the, the time traveler was just like, this is too depressing and I don't want to think about the fate of the world just turning into this. So I'm going to go and forget that ever just, happened. I'm trying to imagine he shows up and blame. Just kind of like, just, there is no sun. <laughs> there is no, there is, why are there stairs going literally nowhere on the ceiling? So everything is, Bye. everything is metal. Uh, everything there, is metal. There is no I'm, light. <laughs> I'm scared. 
The only light is like lights on the walls, and I do not. I am not a robot with mankind. Mankind has harnessed the stars. This is terrifying. <laughs> goes back. Goes back slightly further. Arrives in a colony in Gundam. <laughs> Why are we still killing each other? <laughs> he goes. He goes back. Like he makes a lat. He, he makes like a lateral shift, and suddenly he's in a Super Robot Wars RPG battle. It's like the little time machine sprite comes up. <laughs> like, how did two, I get here? Two Zockers open fire. Miss. <laughs> <laughs> His sprite dodges out of the way. <laughs> oh my god, that's pretty funny. Um, so that's Blame. Uh, read it. And uh, before we uh, we stop the episode, even though this episode's getting along, but Tooch's probably gonna cut it up because he's good at that. Yeah, I feel like we we didn't meander that much. Usually, I've always... this, is, this is a special Halloween episode. Yeah. It's my favorite holiday. Yeah. Let's go Let's for go it. Let's go for it. Okay, we're gonna so pause. And, we're gonna um... pause, and um, because there are two things that uh, I need to discuss before we talk about this. Cause we're gonna watch two things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are two. There are actually three. Um, the, well, the first one you can watch if you have Netflix. Go to the eighth episode of Night Society Odia season two, and you can see something very fun. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna spoil what that is. Um. It's only two minutes long, and it'll make you as sad as I am. <laughs> uh, two, there was actually a blame ONA, which is ONAs are very short, short, essentially digital OVAs. Like they, they're all, like essentially they're on like Nico Nico Doga, and like they they were released like monthly. Right. And they're, and they're like they're seven minutes long, but together they're like a whole half hour for all of them. And they're apparently they got a DVD release in the U.S., which confused everybody who bought them. Because, like, people are kind of, like, watching it, like, the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> um, the OVA for Blame is literally a, uh, literally scenes from the manga, animated, without context, and out of order. Cool. Uh, last not, th- not that putting them in order would probably help. It would, because they're so disjointed <laughs> scenes, but, like, if, you're, if you've read the manga enough, like, if you've read the manga, if you've just read the manga, you'll remember a handful of these scenes. Yeah. And you'll be like, oh, cool to see that animated. And Killy doesn't have a voice actor because he doesn't speak at all during it, but Sibo does, so that's cool. You get to hear her voice. Mm-hmm. She's pretty much the only speaking character in any of the OVAs. Um, and then last but not least, uh, there's Blame Prologue Part 1 and 2, which are an okay CGI, like, dated CGI, but, like, CGI movie thing. Oh. That was uh, made to... Uh, it was meant to be like a pitch to make a full-length CGI movie, but apparently the company do it. The company that did it went bankrupt before it became a thing. That's interesting. The Nihei stuff is always leaning towards CGI. It might just be easier to animate. I love the way the OVA looks, but the OVA once again, like I wouldn't be able to watch a full-length series in that. Right. But in that style of the OVA, so it's very abstract. But they perfected it since Census Idonia. They have, and so I'm thinking like once once again, if after you watch the episode eight of after you watch like the first few minutes of episode eight of Cido- of Nights of Cydonia, um. Of season two, mm-hmm. uh, if you have Netflix or just look it up on YouTube or any place where you watch anime. I, I tried to find it. It was really hard because all the results are the OVA and the and the ONA. Yeah, probably because you could just. I mean, just look for. I just meant just look for episode eight of, of like Battle of Planet Nine. Ah, Night Side Battle of Planet Nine episode eight. Yeah. And so we're gonna pause the uh, the podcast right now, and uh, we're gonna go watch both those OVA, uh, all three of those things, and we'll talk about them briefly, and then we'll 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 let, let you go. So we did that. That was fun. Um, we uh, you can find them 
uh, let me find what they're called. The, uh, the CGI ones are, uh, or Blame the Prologue, as it's called on my anime list. It's called Blame, exclamation mark, and then underscore 01 or 02 OVA. Uh, the other one that we watched was just called Blame Salvage Disc by Sibo, full OVA with English subs. Yep. We'll talk about that one first, I guess. Yeah, okay. Uh, the first one, uh, what'd you think of it? Because I've been talking a lot. You just watched it. Well, I mean, like it was like it was very much scenes. It was scenes from the manga, but because of their disjointedness and because it's been a while, and because I only read it once, so I comprehend nothing. It was very much the same experience of the manga, where it's like I don't know what's happening, but this is all really fucking cool. It's it's scenes from the manga animated out of order and out of context. Because it's like you were like, oh wow, someone someone recently gave it English subs finally, and I was just like. That doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, the scenes they picked were uh, the first appearance of Ivy and Maeve at Toa Heavy Industries. Mm-hmm. That was one of them. Uh, the second scene they had, well, the first scene was just like random shots of the megastructure and then a close on Kelly's face. Yeah. Second one was um was Ivy and Maeve. Third one was the flashback to when Sibo accessed the Netsphere. Um, the fourth one was Kelly's briefing from the uh, from the governing agency with uh, through like a distorted filter. I guess yeah, because Sibo was damaged at that point. So I think that's what they were trying to do. Um. Another one was uh, when Kelly met alternate universe Sibo. Yeah. And then the last one was uh, when Kelly met that woman at the way beginning. Mm-hmm. With the, the printed backup, that scene. Yeah. And uh, that was cool to see that animated with, like, newer art, like, newer Nihei art. But I kind of, I thought the animation with it was pretty cool. Like, I can, a lot of people shit on the OVA, but, like, I can understand, understandably so. Mm-hmm. Because, like, if you've never read the manga or are not a gigantic fan of the manga, this is incomprehensible garbage. Right. But, like, it's cool-looking incomprehensible garbage. It's, again, it's it's all tone. It's all aesthetic. It's it's, it's giving it that extra oomph because it's color and music and the music's fitting and it's all... It's all kind of, like, dark, atmospheric music. Yeah, it's 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 literally just that rave scene in the first Matrix movie, but without Dracula. <laughs> oh, yeah, it did play Dracula, didn't it? Played it played the club remix of Dracula. Dracula. Take through the ditches and burn through the witch. Yeah, that fucking that I've movie. Forever since I've seen the Matrix. It's I wa- I watched it so much in my youth that I didn't. I've just retained all of it. I'll I'm not gonna talk about why on air because it's embarrassing. But I'll get into it. I'm pretty sure everybody's everybody who is into the Matrix a lot probably has embarrassing reasons. But anyway, I thought it was a cool movie. Yeah, it was a cool movie. But like I. I liked the world. I liked the like the mythos. Me too. Like my entire family did. My aunt oh yeah, no, no, no. Like and you I talked to my aunt about how like, she lost the Matrix. I like, guess I still do, but I guess like the the more I the more you think about it, the more you're like, I guess like at this point, it's 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 kind of like entry level cyberpunk. It is. It's still cool. Like I feel there was never really a movie that looked like that before the Matrix. Yeah. That kind of blended kind of like you know the aesthetics of Ghost in the Shell and like John Woo movies into like something into something that's like yeah. I feel like the Wachowskis kind of like changed the game a little bit there. Kind of like it's kind of like the Evangelion of its time. Yeah. At least because like before Ava, there's nothing like Ava, and that was that's that's why Ava's so significant. There was nothing like Ava before Ava. Yeah. Although I feel like like as somebody who doesn't on a surface level appreciate Ava yet, Devin says in the back of his head. <laughs> um, yet. Uh. The Matrix doesn't hold up as well historically. I feel like, I feel, I feel like it's it, it's definitely a it's definitely a point. It's like a, it's like a bullet point in the history of cinema. I it it, we it, should, it, it we'll, deserves it. We'll hold it. this off for our Matrix episodes. <laughs> okay. Blame is good though. Blame is super. Blame good. is super good. Uh, is that all you want to say on the first OVA? Um. Um, because you had some you had some notes about animation, like about how like Saliba was very deliberate. I well you know because because uh, that that's the good thing about like oh well, it's it it has its pilot material like short. Short animation with a lot of production has its pros and cons because well, first, oh, yeah. 
I'm just talking about yeah, in general, oh, in general. like as okay. a concept, because okay. on one level, it's showing it's 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 a good way to pitch things and it's showing what you can do. But on the other hand, a lot of times what happens, especially in this day and age, when you can just look up like what what a pitch for something was, when that then evolves into a larger production scale concept, the frame by frame stuff has to drop in quality. Like objectively, yeah. you can't produce. And that's why a lot of times, like that's why this was an O and A, though. I don't think this was a, this was okay, a but, to pitch anything. But what, all I'm saying is, yeah. is, is, is like when when a lot of times people are like, oh, why can't more stuff be animated this good? Because it would cost billions of dollars. Redline took seven years to make for a reason. <laughs> and and so like this, so everything was deliberate. Everything was deliberate. Everything was well animated. Everything did have a lot of love and care put into it. But only because that watch you're talking about. Yes, but only because they were making this knowing that there was this was only going to be a handful of seven minute clips. Yeah. So they could put the time. They probably they, those seven minute clips had as much time and effort put into them, probably as a whole season of some anime. Yeah. So that just to give you some perspective of how the anime of how animation works, uh, it's hard. Uh, I remember being the most, the first time I ever because. The first, I remember this is just this is a little off topic, but like, yeah, I, feel, mean, I just talked about the Matrix yeah. for like five minutes. Go for it. Um, I remember this is I used to be in the anime club in high school, mm-hmm. and I ran it for my junior and senior year. Like yeah. I was the president for two years in a row. And know. then you like kind of ran it through the back door after you graduated. Yeah, I ran through the back. <laughs> I was I was I was the Patriots. I was the Patriots of <laughs> the anime club for a good two years. Fuck there. you. <laughs> Anytime someone tried to talk about Devin, just said the law. Uh, why don't we call up Lolly Lule Lo? Who? What? <laughs> what does that mean? You know Lolly Lule Lo? What? <laughs> We, I remember my sophomore year, my friend Sebastian was the uh, president. We, we watched an anime called A Cult High School or something like that. And I remember mm-hmm. I met, there's a scene that was literally just straight out of Evil Dead. I started making like, I'll swallow your soul jokes the entire time. But like, I remember just being like, wow, the animation in the show is like bad. Because I thought maybe he just had like a bad, like a bad encoding, ver- encoded version that had like a bad frame rate. But no, the show just ran at like 15 frames a second. That's how it looked. Oh. And I was just like, this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the first time I ever like really had an, saw an anime that had like soulless bad animation. Yeah. Well, cause like a lot of them, but also like even, even, even some good animation, especially cause. And that was the anime that was like airing when yeah. it was out, when I was. And like, cause like a, a lot of anime will do this is cause like, um, frame by frame animation works like this. You can animate on, you can animate on like ones with like, you okay, 24 frames per second. Okay. That's usually, so, that's the, that's the, that's the average, right? That's, that's, that's how you scale something. So if you animate on twos, what that means animating on twos means is it's actually 12 frames a second. So okay. you 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 animate two frames as as one thing. Um, a lot of st- a lot of times, uh, w- and uh, the an- the anime industry has like you, they they they're really good at this is animating on fours, and so it's like like four four frames of a twenty four frame second thing. Um, and that can be and like you think about that and it's like oh well it probably looks bad like that you can do that really well if you know how to like board stuff correctly like you can you can trick the eye into making it look more like a flow of movement so it's like it's so it's less about object sometimes like obviously like that the quality you're talking about is just bad yeah. but for a lot of times it's not always about the statistics and numbers of like how something is animated but also like it's just a matter of how fucking good you are doing yeah. what you're doing uh, the second OVA was, uh, only two parts long, and it was a pitch for a, uh, Blame CGI movie. Yeah. And, uh, pretty much it's just, it's a scene from Blame, it's his action. It's yeah. just, like, a, a typical Blame action. We got to see Sonicon briefly at the end, which is kind of cool. She looked pretty ass, pretty yeah. awesome. And then, uh, but from that on, from that point, like, it's just, like, I would watch another Blame movie. If you, if you saw the, uh, the first step, the first few minutes of, uh, episode 8 of, uh, Cydonia season 2... Give us that. <laughs> yeah, that's really great. I I hope I really hope that that was sort of like a backdoor pilot. I hope to, I hope so too. 
I hope I really hope because so, I feel like because like with the with those with those ONAs and with these OVAs and then with that I feel like maybe he just he's probably just really hungry to he's really freaking hungry to get this thing made because like, like dude like, if please it, blame is like blame is his first manga if I published manga if I made blame serialized. If I made blame, that would be my that would be my one thing. Like I just, I, I need to have a blame animated series. I don't care yeah. how long it's been. I don't care that no one cares about it anymore. The Knights of Sidonia is more popular. Mm, Sidonia is a lot more a lo- is a lot more accessible. Yeah, just because Sidonia has a much more you it's, know it's, it's marketable. A, it's mechatable. It's mechatable. And like, but this is this is this is technically <laughs> mecha too. I didn't. I, that's the new word now. Mechatable. That's what we're um, calling that. <laughs> mechatable. Everything Tomino hates. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, uh, we didn't really talk about noise, but noise is is brief, it's only a volume long, and it's kinda... Well, a lot of the side material is very similar, where it's just, like, it's showing you, a, a, like, a, someone else's story somewhere like else in the... squared. In the time frame of the world, of this vast time period of the world, where it's, it's, it's more, they're all more narrative, but it doesn't give you... Much. Yeah, it, it, because it's, the world is so vast... And the timeline is so vast, it doesn't give you any comparison dates. Because yeah. I don't even think they could. I don't. Th- Nihei probably doesn't even really know that well. Yeah, he's just killed. He's about three thousand years old. So, and that and that his memory loss is just up to his age. Yeah, he just ran out of RAM. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Or just like just through the constant battles he's had and constant repairs. That like, too. Information is going to get lost. Kelly's probably in the near perpetual state of combat. Yeah. But um, the thing the, the 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 thing that fucked me up about Blame the most was in the side things where it's like I just turned to a page. The last and... page of the manga, actually, because the la- the last chapter of Noise is actually the uh, the original pilot of Blame. That was entirely different. It was more yeah. so it was like the cyberpunk cop stuff. And it was just talking about the world. It was it was it was it was world building in a way that nothing else Blame ever did. And it was like eventually the structure overtook the moon and it just showed the moon being built around. Like they just sort of like. Swerved around the moon. So somewhere in the megastructure, the moon is just chilling. Yeah. Yeah. I don't that, know. That's horrifying. <laughs> also, now that I think is about that... Is the megastructure just I, a giant board cube? If it's, if it's even a cube, it's probably more likely a sphere. Yeah. Now that I think about it, how does that... How does that work? Does I mean, it rotate? Is it, does it have its own gravitational pull? Well, because the... We can't get into this. It'll the, be an extra hour. It'll be another hour. And not, neither of us are Neil deGrasse Tyson... Let's get hit. Let's call Neil deGrasse Tyson. Let's get Neil deGrasse Tyson on the show. Read uh, this manga. Tell us. <laughs> explain to us if this is feasible. <laughs> so, uh, uh, final thoughts on Blame. Um, it's really good. It's 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 probably it's one of my it's one of my top ten manga. The and it, it might not be traditionally horror, but the more you think about it, the more terrifying the concept of the thing becomes. Yeah. It's it's it, as simultaneously cool of a world this is, and like a world I want to be in, like in totally like fiction wise, yeah. like that is not a world I want to live in. Absolutely not. And uh, uh, positives and negatives. Positives: good art, great action, interesting world. It, it's it's one of the few things, like for me personally, where I I read it for the background art more than the character art. Like the character art gets better, but that that background art, the architecture, just looking, just looking at this world, just you can, especially on those two-page spreads. Whenever we're killing and Sibo are just like dots, and you can just you can just look at ev- you can spend a half hour just looking at that shit. Like, yeah, uh, like the pizza guy. Beautiful, beautiful. It's it's really good. It's uh, cons. Uh, 
you might feel a little lost by the plot, but once again, I always say that multiple readings makes yeah, it if, more cohesive. Like, if you're, and then, like, this is this is a it's type not of lost, person so you can reread it. Like, there's always this type of people, and your opinions on media are absolutely valid. If you're just not one of those people that can function without a solid narrative, if you're just like I lost, and I don't get it, and I don't give a shit what the tone is, and I don't give a shit what it's trying to make me feel. Like, I need a story. Like, then you're not gonna really enjoy this. You might, you might, if like, if you're willing to kind of like do if like. I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a writer, that I love the idea of just, yeah. like, I love piecing together narratives in my oh, head. Oh, absolutely. And fan theories and shit like that, so... But, so, like, some people, like, like my, like, my mother's like this, like, she just, you just need, like, some people just need to be, they need somebody to tell them what's going on, and, like, they don't, they don't, they don't ingest media to give themselves homework, essentially. Uh, well, it's like, I, I don't know, like, if I'm, if, if my, as I always, as I said in, like, our Ghost in the Shell episode, if my brain is not, like, you know, stimulated by something, right. or, and I'm not given, like, an emotional or a, yeah. or an intellectual response and to I, it, like, I usually, am, I usually yeah. disregard it. Yeah, and I, I, and I wouldn't say that, like, that, like, super narrative media is less stimulating, it's just stimulating in a different way. Yeah, like, this is almost the polar opposite of, uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Yeah. Where Legend of the Galactic Heroes is hella expository. Right. 99% of Legend of the Galactic Heroes is exposition. Mm-hmm. It's dialogue. It's expository dialogue. It's ninety percent right. of of Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Ten percent of it, five percent of it's classical music, and five percent of it's space battles. <laughs> but like, this is the polar opposite. Where this is literally like that quote that that, that reviewer on my anime list probably said: "Don't think, feel." Right. That's that's blame. Uh, I'd say the only cons I'd say were just I wish there was a little bit more. I wish there was a little more closure. And uh, this is a world where without closure. Mm-hmm. But uh, I feel I feel like that's the thesis. Is like there's no closure. Yeah. Like there's there's no closure to the world. Like they fucked up the world too bad. Yeah, we 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 can't go back. Like yep. there is no going back. And I'm honestly like, if Gundams taught me anything, they'll fuck up the net sphere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Netsphere's probably already fucked. Like net sphere is probably already fucked. Yep. I mean, the the, the internet now is pretty fucked. <laughs> I wonder what four chan is like in the net sphere. <laughs> like Killy just want Killy finally gains access back to the net sphere and his right eyes and B and he's just like. <laughs> Fuck am I? Just <laughs> blows a hole through it and leaves. What the fuck's a dub? And why do they matter so much? What the fuck is cucking? <laughs> We're stopping the episode. <laughs> ways to co- ways to contact us. If we okay, uh, ways to contact us. Uh, obviously, we are Mechtrospective, So if you Google that, you can probably find a lot of shit. We're on Tumblr, Mechtrospective.tumblr.com. Our main, the main way to get at us. Uh, uh, Gmail, mechtrospective at gmail.com. And honestly, Twitter, like, I'm, I'm all over the Twitter, honestly, just reblogging stuff from Crunchyroll's news, because they, they, Crunchyroll is really great for mech news. Uh, retweeting. Sure. Whatever. Re, re social media-ing. Re buzzwording. Uh, and, um, if, if you have any corrections, because we talk about a lot of different things, and, uh, we don't, we're not walking encyclopedias, so if we ever get yeah, anything... I don't think I am, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Um, if we ever get anything wrong, uh, you can shoot us an email, and, uh, we'll read it, uh, provided you make the subject line, Hey Douchebag! Uh, and so, well, that'll be our segment. Um, so far we've been pretty good, although we also don't have a lot of listeners to catch us on that stuff yet. Our, uh, our Iron-Blooded Orphans minisode actually was our, mo- was our most viewed episode. Yeah, like which is great. I've gotten, I've gotten a couple friends into, 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 into Iron-Blooded Orphans and they're loving it. I've been live-blogging it. You can, uh, check my tag, uh, Devin Watches IBO right, on well, Tumblr. Well, that's, his, his Tumblr is... Tebohemian. Tebohemian. T-H-B-O-H-E-M-I-A-N. 
E M I A E M I A N. I'll um. It's like Bohemian Rhapsody, but T A H before it. Yeah, but um, but anyway, um, and I'm Mike Tooch, all one word at Tumblr uh, dot Tumblr dot com, and um, what are we? Well, what we're doing next is uh, Govember, November. and that's our special special week every should, week. Should we drop the entire schedule for Govember? Let's drop this schedule. Okay, so uh, first episode will drop on the second of November. It's gonna be Mazinger Z. Yes. Uh, it's gonna be the the manga, and we're gonna touch upon the anime. But we're not gonna really watch the anime because why? Yeah, and then on the ninth, we're gonna follow it up with the manga with the two mangas for Great Mazinger and Grendizer, which are the yes. follow ups to Mazinger Z and how and uh, their anime adaptations. Then we're gonna go and do watch an anime adaptation and briefly talk about the manga of Cutie Honey. Mm-hmm. Uh, the th- manga was actually only um only was written by Gona Guy. It was actually apparently Kenishikawa emulating his style. For the, just the whole thing? For he just drew it? Yeah. Great! I and love he, Kenny Shikawa. And, uh, but apparently it's still credited as going to guy. He ghosted, he, like, ghostwrote it. Of course. Like, yeah, so... Because he's an assistant. Yeah. And then, um, on the 23rd, we're gonna do the Mazen Kaiser OVA. Yeah. Which is, uh, was... I think it was partially directed by going to guy. It looks like an animated version of his art it, style. It's, it blew my mind. Like, I was expecting, like, some hints, but, like, that... It just... It felt like I had already watched it because I just spent the last week reading the three freaking mangas, and I yeah. went straight into that, and I went, this, it, uh... Um, what's you, what you're gonna get right after November is another manga, sadly, mm-hmm. uh, which is gonna be, the another, next manga we're gonna, you're gonna get is, uh, gonna be Shin Getter Robo. Yeah. Uh, the first jump into the post, uh, the post-70s Getter stuff. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you're either gonna get some guidance that we're gonna probably record in the interim, or you're gonna end up getting, uh... You're going to end up getting Gundam 8th MS team. Yeah. And uh, so that was Mech Retrospective. That was Blame Hit the Music! (laughs) 